Attention on deck. You're about to take command. Welcome to The Bunker with Andy Burroughs, Freddie Ham, and Andy Lockhart. Welcome, everybody, back to The Bunker. I am your host, Freddie Ham, and this is episode number 44. And joining me, as always, is the Prime Minister of Washington Commanders Football, Mr. Andy Burroughs, and, of course, the lovable, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again, and cuddlyable, Mr. Andy Lockhart. Scouse Andy, what's up, guys? Good morning, mate. It's nice to be doing one of these that isn't like midnight for me and uh, Mr. Scouse. Yeah, always good to be here, my friend. Yeah, it's always good for us. Yeah, for yes, sure. this is perfect for us, <laughs> bro. It ain't seven o'clock in the morning for us, dude. Joining us this week is a great fan and an awesome Twitter follow, Danielle Kramer. How you doing? Good. How are, how are you guys doing this morning? We're good. We're good. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So first topic, I don't know uh, who it who it was took the quote and kind of ran with it, but uh, Ron Rivera talking about the possibility of not picking up Chase Young's fifth-year option? Is it just a motivating factor thing, or do we really think there's weight to it? And then also, would you pick up the fifth-year option? And Scouse, I'm coming to you first. It's a difficult one, I think, at the moment, because if we get the quality Chase Young from the, from his rookie season next season and we've not picked up the fifth-year option, then we're going to be in the shit. So, so it's a very, very difficult one, really, because you want to show him the love, because if you want to keep this guy long-term, you're going to want to show him the love. I mean, you didn't really show pain the love because you didn't do his fifth-year option. So because of that, he, he balled out this season. Now we're on, we're under the thumb, you know what I mean? Under the gun, so, so to speak. So um, I just think, for me, it's risky. And a 17.5 mil, that is his fifth-year option. I'm probably at this moment saying no, but it, it, it's very difficult. It, I, can, I can see it going either way, to be fair. Andy, what say you? We can't love another elite talent walk out the door. This is just crazy talk, right? Chase Young, what the fuck is going on with this organization? There's a lot oh, of people yeah. who would argue you know, he right played now well that he's rookie. not an elite talent. Oh, come on, Especially dude. Especially after the injury. Have you seen It's the, the injury problem. That's yeah, the no, thing. Name me a player in the NFL that doesn't get injured. Okay, imagine we let him walk out the door and go, well, we didn't take up the fifth-year option. He goes to another team. He bees great. Yada, yada, yada. It'd be the most Washington thing ever. I tell you what, let's let another elite player walk out the final door because that's what we do and then we can all sit back and watch chase in about 10 15 years time be in the hall of fame and go oh yeah we used to have him he started with the washington commanders then we fucking let him go oh no we suck again no we keep him and we nurture him and we make him a better player than he already is we don't let him because he's had one year injured we don't just put him on the fucking scrap heap and let him go i mean that would be it's no, no, Stu, I know it's a slow news week and these dumbass reporters out in fucking Washington need to tweet something out so they get some clicks and likes and retweets. But no, Freddie, we keep Chase Young. now. Well, I'm just going to play a bit of devil's advocate here. Yeah, the people who are saying that he shouldn't get the fifth-year option we're talking about, hey, he, he was having a bit of a sophomore slump before he got hurt. And is he going to be as impactful coming back from this injury? Yeah, that's to be seen. Danielle, what do you think about this? Would you extend Chase Young? Would you pick up the fifth-year option at this point? I mean, I do agree from the organization standpoint. It's definitely it's a lot harder than just a simple yes or no. I think Deron Payne's going to play a big factor in it. They're going to try talking to him, see where he's at. I mean, imagine if you can't extend Deron Payne and you don't pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option. Our, well, our you got Montez Sweat being... in all of this as well. I mean, there's yeah. other people that are going to argue – well, Cam if we Kale, have Montez Sweat, we as well. you, might, you might still have him, but I mean, Chase Young's going to be in 10, 15 years' time. He's going to be an elite player. 
for multiple Thank years. You. I don't care what people say about the injury. He took what a year and a half off, but it was a major injury. It's not come back in eight months from an ACL. He tore more than just his ACL up. It's a knee injury. You need a lot of bursts coming off the line. It's a lot tougher than just coming back and being what you were. And I like that they slow played it. I like that they didn't just force him back in there. And then we see RG3 2.0 and never see him again and waste a first round pick yet again. Danielle, you spoke more sense in about two minutes than some of these Washington reporters <laughs> have all week. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just think it's I think it's really tough. I think you that you have to pick up his fifth year option. But I do understand them. Yeah, it being a slow news week and things come out how they do and then they just run with it. Just thinking, because obviously I'm, my, my background's like a, a, a PT, a physical therapist as such. Um, so I always kind of think of it from the injury perspective more than the, the quality of player perspective, if that makes sense. Um, so that's why I'm always a bit concerned when someone blows his knee. And it isn't, as you mentioned, it wasn't just an ACL. It was a patella tendon tear as well. And mm-hmm. you know, those, those things just don't happen at the same time. So to, to completely blow his knee like he did, it does take 18 months. It's, it's to be fair, it takes probably two to two and a half years to be back to a kind of a the elite level if you can even yeah. get back to it. Do you know what I mean? So, but that's the risk that uh, looking at the Washington kind of, I said, the organizational standpoint, it's like they have to make the decision by May. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, we're not going to see Chase on the field again until, no, I mean, before that, before May happens. So it's kind of like, well, what do you, what do you do? And with 17 and a half mil, it's quite a lot of money to kind of risk it on a guy mm-hmm. who maybe like might not be. Uh, at the level that you expect for that kind of cash. So that's the hard part, I think. I do agree there, but I think they've also been willing over the years to risk money on players that don't have as much upside potential. I mean, how much did we just spend on Carson Wentz last year? Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> oh, Daniel, you're already one of my favorite guys. Albert Hainsworth, yeah, we can, we can go back to all and ask <laughs> yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. How much money have we wasted? How much money have we wasted on absolute dog shit players or these like old the granddad court QBs? Chase Young is Hall of Fame. Yeah, yes. The ceiling mm. for Chase Young is Hall of Fame. 17 million is going to be a drop in the bucket at the end of his career. 100%. That'll be one of the cheapest you're getting him for you. He's going to sign some deals later on in his career that are going to be huge. And if we pass up on this option now, I can guarantee you, Freddie, uh, everyone else, that we're going to be sitting here in a, a year to two years' time when he's playing out in LA or wherever the fuck he goes. And we're yeah. like, man, look what we could have had. And how many times, the thing is, in, in a serious note, how many times have we said that as Washington fans over the years? Oh, look, here's what we could have had. That goes for coaches. That goes for players. You know, organizationally, we've we've be, we've done it. It's it's in our DNA. It's what we do. We suddenly he gets a setback, like Andy said. And I played sport, and you know, I've had some serious injuries in my time. I'm not talking like the elite NFL level, but for him to even be on the field at the end of last season was incredible, absolutely incredible yeah, that he was even on the field. So now he's going to have a full off season. He's going to have he's going to have training camp. You know, he's going to have his. They're going to give him his program. He's working now. I guarantee you he's in the gym every single day now, waiting till they report back in, what, May, when they might be back in the facility. Um, So he's going to be working. We're going to see a better Chase Young. What we saw at the end of last season was 60% of what that kid can do. You know what I mean? He's he's going to be, I'm with Danielle, he's going to be elite. He will be in the Hall of Fame one day. And I think we kind of get punished in Washington for wanting to big up our players like that. We're like, oh, you can't say that. What have Washington ever done? Yeah, you don't win. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. I'm sorry for wanting to and knowing that we have an elite guy. I'm not prepared to let him walk out the door. If we don't, if if Chase Young doesn't resign, if we don't take up that fifth year, I'm going to be pissed. What's crazy is hearing the, especially, Commander's Facebook is the absolute worst. 
I'm convinced that 80 <laughs> Facebook's the absolute worst. Uh, Commander's yeah. Facebook. Like, oh, it's so the hard part is is discerning: are they trolls? Or are they really this fucking stupid? You know what it's I'm saying? That. Like, stupid. Yeah, this no, stupid. but they're that stupid. Uh, but all they say outlandish about, things. Yes, mm. but people be talking about the Chase Young thing. Well, you know, the kid's never really done anything, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what about his rookie season? And people will always refer to, well, you know, his stats, his rookie season. I'm like, that is your fucking problem. Like, does no one actually watch these games and they just look at the stat sheet? Chase Young was the leader of that team. He held everything together in a time when we have never had a franchise quarterback for that season, at least. Chase Young was our, as a rookie, was our team leader and the face of our franchise. I mean, I know we talk about Terry McLaurin, but when you're talking about just the sheer passion, keeping those guys in the game, he's that dude who goes around and makes sure that this team is being a team. And you can't buy that. Oh, yeah, kind of right. yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I'd be willing to eat crow over him being terrible, but it's not going to happen. He's going to be elite. He's going to have contracts after contracts, pay him $17 million and get on with it. Yeah. And that's the nice. other thing, too. If you don't pick up the fifth-year option and he balls out and you have to sign him to a long-term deal anyway, you're going to ultimately end up spending even more money than you were before. So why not just yeah. pick up the fifth-year option? If he doesn't I mean, really play well, hey, you got to eat it. But as Danielle said, we've made way worse financial commitments in the past, and it's come back to bite us in the ass. And when was the we last We made time? one last season. Carson Wentz. Yeah. yeah. And that, but that's the thing, though. Carson Wentz's ceiling was probably going to be decent Chase, yeah, NFL starter. Not Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, you put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just thinking as well as that, if you're the player, you want to be shown the love. And not always about the money, but it's about like him saying, don't you believe in me? I'll show you. So it was a motivating factor for him, but now we're under the gun. We don't want that again with Chase. So so for us, it's kind of like, you really should show Chase the love and say, look, we love you. We want you to stay here, blah, 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 blah. So we should really, we, we should take on the fifth year option to show him the love at the very least. Him and Terry are the face of the franchise, man. Trust me. It is Women's Month here in the bunker. So, Danielle, how did your fandom start? I guess we'll just start at the beginning. When did you become a Commanders fan? How did you become a Commanders fan? So, it's a lifetime thing for me. I, uh, I was, my dad was a uh, big time Redskins fan, whole life. You come to sports teams with the people you watch them with, and I watch football games with my dad. Probably around middle school, I became a huge Redskins fan. I still have an original Reebok Sean Taylor jersey. I never wear it. Still have it, and then hung on through all this disparity for the entirety that I've been a fan. That's so. awesome, and you know, you like so many other people, like like Keith, like myself, like like so many. It it is a family thing, and it's very deeply ingrained. And I I always think that it's it's really ingrained in our identity, you know. And I think yeah. that's why, at least, it's one of the big reasons why fans were really upset when the name changed. I mean, it's been a, it's been over a year since the name change, but how did you feel about the name change? I'm kind of at this point indifferent to it. Uh, huge Reds, like I said, Redskins fan through and through till the day I die, everything like that. Um, my biggest thing on it is I I'm only 28, so the Redskins that I knew have been a media circus and bad. Like the best year that I've watched as a football fan is 2012, RG3's rookie season. Like that's the best year I have in watching. So I don't have three Super Bowls to hang on to. I have 
what's going to happen this week. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I hated the name change at first. I hated the idea that we had to change our name. Uh, funny thing is Washington football team actually really grew on me. It, it's after time, you just get over it. Uh, commanders. I don't, I don't hate it the way everybody does. I think of football team names, it's probably one of the better ones these days. I think with a name change, you're always going to get that, like, what is that? But it started to grow on me. I actually kind of like it these days. It doesn't bother me either way. I hate that they changed it, but I'm over it at this point. Just win some football games and I could care less what we call them. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, what would you What would you say your favorite memory is then, Daniel? You're like you're a bit like us. I've never really known great things at Washington myself, Andy, Freddie. You know, we weren't. I was. You know, I haven't really seen us in a Super Bowl. My fandom started, like, say, in ninety eight, ninety nine. What's your fondest uh, Redskins? Um, I'm going to say Redskins memory because there's not many Commanders memories to have unless you mean this podcast today, probably. But um, <laughs> well, um, what's your what's your what's been your best Redskins memory growing up? Well, actually, it's two. Uh, Sean Taylor catching Brett Favre's interception that broke the record through the most interceptions in his career, blah, blah, blah. Then the best moment, I was at the 2012 NFC Championship game against Dallas. So that was the best experience. I'll never forget what the stadium was like when, when we beat them. It was just singing hail to the Redskins all around. It amazing. Mm, yeah, definitely. I, that was, I remember, uh, I think the, uh, the blocked uh, field goal, uh, the Dak Cowboys, Taylor running that back, that for me was... Just incredible. But, Danielle, obviously, this is Women's Month here on The Bunker. What um, what role do you feel now? I mean, we, I've, we've been fortunate enough. We speak to, like, Julie Donaldson. We spoke to Kelsey. How do you feel women are now perceived in the NFL now? I mean, it's back in the day. You look at, like, the 80s, the early 90s. Oh, this is a guy's sport. We don't want women watching it. Some of the most influential and knowledgeable people I think I've spoke to, podcasting and outside of podcasting, have been women. I mean, I, I think it's incredible now that I, I think women should be more involved. And I don't see it as, oh, well, let's get women involved because they're women. No, let's get women involved because they're so knowledgeable about this game. I mean, we started that we've got, like you say, we've got, we're lucky enough to have Julie Donaldson inside our organization doing great things. Mm -hmm. How do you feel now that the, uh, the women's role is in, in sport and obviously and in the NFL? It's definitely nice to see. I mean, it's definitely just a foot in the door right now. And to see women, I, I think it's three or four teams have women on their coaching staff now. Mm -hmm. So it's only a matter of time. And I know there's always going to be background noise out there. Women don't belong in football. But at the same time, women have to know two times as more as any man in the room just to get in the room. So mm, great point. They know what they're talking about when they're there. And a coach sat down with them and looked at them and was like, you know what? You're worth whatever bullshit's going to come along with it. Because there's going to be people, there's going to be backlash, it's always going to happen, because there's always going to be some 65-year-old dude sitting on his couch going, not my football, but <laughs> it is what it is. Like, yeah. The world is changing. No, you're right. Do you, do you ever see a, a time coming, and I hope we do, do you think we see a female woman's head coach in the NFL? I'm going to be honest, no. Okay. <laughs> I just I just don't think an organization would ever do it. It's hard <laughs> enough for them They're, yeah, with that, it's always going to be either someone's son or someone that's a family friend of some coach. It's hard enough to get people of color in the league. It's it's never going to happen for a woman as a head coach, maybe as a major coordinator, but mm -hmm. I don't see it as a head coach. I mean, that's just me being realistic, like, Mm. Yeah, just, a lot of people wanted Jennifer. A lot of people happen. in um, a lot of people in Washington, Danielle. A lot, a lot of people tweeted out they wouldn't mind Jennifer King being interviewed for the OC job. 
just to see, you know, see what she's got, have a yeah. chat. I mean, I saw a lot of people tweet out, is Jennifer King even being considered? I would like to see her be considered, especially if you want a run game focused offense. Why isn't she being? Like I said, I think, yeah, I could see it as a coordinator, but I don't think it would ever happen as a head coach in the NFL. Danielle, what do you think about kind of the ownership change and the, and the possible sale, especially from like a woman's standpoint, you know, like the allegations and all those type of things, the horribleness that um, Dan Snyder has been reigning over? Couldn't happen soon enough. Let's let's get it done. Let's get him out. Bravo. I don't want to see his face Amen. anymore. Sell the house on the Potomac River. Get him out of here. I think he's coming over to see you across the Yeah, pond. cheers for that. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, living, he's, he's, he's living with Boos. <laughs> yeah, he's literally he's downstairs in my basement now, tied up. He's locked in my basement. <laughs> it's so many people would send you some uh, thank you letters if that were the case. <laughs> it's better uh, than the yeah. news and shit I get on Twitter. I, I'm, it's just like he's a uh, looming cloud over the organization as long as he owned it, and I'm just ready for it to be over. Billionaires are billionaires. They're not all rainbows and oh, butterflies, nice but but he's not Dan Snyder. I will take that by a mile. Yeah, there's no such thing as an ethical billionaire, right? Yeah. They don't go somebody, together. Yeah, they, somebody, something, did something bad along the way, yeah. but I don't think anything will be as bad as the evil that is Dan Snyder. Mm. I know that we want to move on from all the bad stuff, but Danielle, we got you on. I've spoken to so many uh, women that are fans of this organization. My co-host I used to do this podcast with, she had a a big like come to Jesus kind of time where she was really considering just not supporting this organization at all because of all of the bullshit and all of the stuff. She's like, how can I support an organization that's treating women this way, you know, with, with all of that stuff. Did you, did you have a moment or was there a time when you were kind of reevaluating being a fan of this team because of everything that was going on? I didn't ever reconsider being a fan because I've got to the point where you have to separate the football and the front office at this point. Um, I'm a football fan through and through. So whatever's happening in the front office, I just have to separate it to be able to keep being a football fan. When the Washington Post uh, bombshell dropped, I, I I paid to read that article. Like, you have to get that paywall. So I, I read it. It was bad, but it was actually, shockingly enough, not as bad as I expected. I actually know some people. Um, so I live probably 15 minutes from FedEx Field. So I actually know girls that have been Redskin cheerleaders. So I know truly how bad it can be the real bad so what you see in that article probably isn't even as bad as it really is it's just you have to be able to separate yourself from it or else no I wouldn't be able to be a fan knowing everything you know and reading what you read and knowing that what you're reading is probably 50 percent as bad as it really is and only what people want to say you just have to you have to separate yourself or no I wouldn't be able to be a fan of this organization Daniel, how did you assess uh, last season? Some people say, oh, well, you know, we kind of moved the needle a little bit. We, you know, we had a tiny bit of progression. Again, for me, it was just kind of, yeah, we did okay, but it was kind of same old, same old, you know, when I didn't get to see my team play in the playoff again. You know, we had some good moments again, but whatever, you probably know this more than anyone. I think we were just talking about quarterback again in Washington. It seems to be what we do. What was your assessment of what you saw on the field last season? I wouldn't say we got better, and I wouldn't say we got worse. Uh, I'd say we stayed about the same as the year before. I think Scott Turner got fired a year too late. I think our offense has 
obviously been an issue. Quarterback's going to be an issue, but I do believe we had a quarterback in the room who could manage the offense better than another one. We still decided to go back to him and let him lose the Browns game for us. I think we could have actually had a decent sh- decent shot in the playoffs had we not made some boneheaded coaching decisions down the last few games of the season. Mm. So that was disappointing to watch. Very frustrating. Frustrating for your head coach to not know your playoff situation. Are you Rivera in Either? or Rivera out, Daniel? I'm not in or out. I'm uh, I'm on the fence right now. I, I like Ron Rivera as a players want to play for him standpoint, and I don't think you can buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's players at the end of the day you'll say that nfl players are going to play for anybody but players will play harder for some people than others and people buy into rivera so it's hard to go away from that and start fresh and then it's a guy that hasn't been with these guys and these guys don't buy into him then you're starting over in some positions you have to start over and you have to go in free agency and he has to get his guy in the room and it's like we've been in that carousel for years so maybe let something play out for once I wasn't at the end of the Jay Gruden there I wasn't that off of him either I thought offensively we were good our defense was just terrible mm, yeah, not yet. so I, I don't ever really fully blame a head coach I think you have to have the right people in the room especially when the head coach isn't calling the plays so um I think our biggest problem for two years now had been Scott Turner and I think getting him out the door was the best decision they could have made a year you, too late. Have you got any oh, yeah. preference who you want to come in and replace? <clears throat> Eric Benemy, I obviously would want, but I think the only way he comes to Washington is if he is in interim, is going to end up in an interim head coaching head coach, position. Yeah. I do think Rivera's on his way out head coaching wise, but I don't think he's on his way out of the organization. So I think he might move into like a player personnel role. Whoever's coming in as coordinator, I think is going to end up as the head coach. And I think that's why it's taking so long. To hire somebody. And yeah, what 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 would you do if if you uh, if you became the new owner for this? If you were the owner of the of the oh sorry the commanders, the first thing that you would do. First thing uh, I would do is get a contract for the old RFK site to bring it back. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. my God, she she definitely listens to this show. She's speaking our language. <laughs> Hundred percent, man. That's we went Danielle. We walked past that site when we were in DC in September, and I've always said this. I know it's a legal thing, but that site is there. And with the modern day construction, there is no way that you can't reconfigure that site to be a great stadium. Still, in my opinion, putting the legalities aside, it still has a shell of what is a stadium. And we're in 2023 now. The things you can do in construction, surely we can regenerate that into a football stadium. It just, yeah, one, it would be, it, it's already there. Like, it's already an eyesore. They ha- they keep saying they're going to tear it down and don't. So I yeah. I don't know what the plan is. And I do think maybe the city's putting off because they know that the new owner is going to put a bid on it. It's just, it's a great location. There's so much metro access to it. FedEx Field's literally the exact opposite of that. It It's just such a better situation for the team. And I mean... It's in D.C., not PG County. Danielle, if it's okay with you, we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap it up. Uh, We're just going to hit you kind of rapid fire with some fandom stuff. Sound good? (laughs) Sounds good. Cool. Favorite current players? Terry and Tressway. That boy is good. Tressway. Tressway, (laughs) yes. How much longer do you think Tress is going to be able to keep up his level of play? Like, punters can last a long time, but they don't last forever. And Tress has been doing this for a while. He has, but I hope 
hope it's forever. Obviously, legs don't last forever, but I hope we get at least five more seasons out of him for sure. And how quickly did Terry become your favorite player? Because he's a lot of people's favorite player, but then there's there's like the OG ones who are like, I was a fan of Terry for being a fan of Terry was cool. So I actually, I've liked Terry since his, his rookie season when he was drafted, but mostly because this is going to, I actually like Dwayne Haskins. And I was like, he, he played with, he played with Haskins and uh, at Ohio State. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to be so good. They're going to play together. He's going to be good because of him. And then it, it ended up being way the other way around. <laughs> I might've been wrong one way in the sense, but uh yeah, I like Terry because I watched him play with Haskins, and it just—I was convinced that they were going to be one of the best duos going forward. Probably already answered this question, but who is your favorite player of all time? Probably Daryl Green, honestly. Well, Danielle, it's been amazing to uh, have you on this podcast. Uh, for those listening, make sure you stick around for the bloody outtakes at the end because they're going to be <laughs> quite hilarious. But Danielle, thanks so much for coming on, man. Honestly, it's been this has been one of my favorite episodes. Uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on uh, on social media. So you can find me on Twitter. It's at D Kramer, D-K-R-E-A-M-E-R-R. Same with Instagram. Those are my two my two main socials it's been another episode of the a great episode of the bunker danielle thank you so much for joining us it really does mean a lot thanks. to us that you've uh, that you've got up early in the morning i know it's uh, it's an early start for you over there but thanks so much my friend and we'll definitely get you back on there as we get closer to the season sounds good thanks for having me uh, no problem no problem ladies and gentlemen this has been another episode of the bunker i've been your host andy burrows i nearly call myself freddie ham there i have been your host uh andy ham with uh freddie burrows and uh, <laughs> andy scouts locker <laughs> till next time everybody bunker down and stay safe oh jesus no, I i'm literally gonna fast forward to the blooper because i've heard the show wxyz wxyz z Ah, oh, sheesh. You know man. why we say Z? Because when know. we learn the Stupid. alphabet when we're kids, it all rhymes. No, it's the English language. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? And you lot have killed it. We're not speaking English, <laughs> we're speaking American. Oh my God, no. Yeah, where is Andy? He's usually, he's on the, uh, he's usually the first one here. I take it when you are... told our guest 7 a.m., right? Yeah, when am I the early one? Yeah, she says she's, right. co- she's grabbing some coffee and she'll be right on. Uh, three hours later. Hey, Danielle's here. Danielle, good morning. Is your mic on? We can't hear you. We can't bloody hear. Why am I doing an English accent? What the fucking is the point of that? Fuck off! Get out of it, you wankers! Ah, oh, Dunkin', you got, you got Dunkin' Donuts coffee? Yeah. Oh man, I'm, see, that is one of the biggest things I miss about not living in the States anymore. Best part of my day is when I'm at Dunkin'. You think that's sad? Yes, very. Dunkin' Donuts. No, no, Duncan. Oh, jeez, man. Every morning I went there, the guy just stopped asking me in the end. He was just like, we know what you want. Yeah, they just know what you want. <laughs> Scouts, can we sack Andy? Is that possible? Oh, it's, oh, it's easily done. Yeah, yeah, easily done. Yeah. <laughs> Piss up! Get in here and say that, mate! Where's my gun? <laughs> Let's not get him started on guns again. Oh, Jesus Christ. Look, the mortician <laughs> shouldn't be talking about getting rid of anybody. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. This gun debate is never going to end, is it? Hey, Andy said he wanted tea and crumpets this morning. You just assume that what I eat this. Crumpets? That's actually see, Danielle, what the fuck See, Danielle, when you listen to this Yo, podcast... I think, a, I think a crumpet's a fucking cookie, isn't it? Yeah, see, when you listen to this podcast, it all comes out very professional. It's just the shit that we do before we do like what we do. Freddie is a magician, but that really, isn't he? Yeah, Freddie's such a wizard with his editing, but I bet you he leaves fucking half of this in for the outtakes at the end. Yes! 
She'll go. How's things over there? Are you good? How's the wife? How's the kid? I got kids, man. I got a motherfucking girlfriend. I got a wife on the side. They're good. I've just been so fucking busy at work, man. Yeah, work has bro. just been insane, dude. You're, you're the one industry that's never going to stop, bro. No, that's true. That's why I got into it. Well, it's one <laughs> you're of never getting cancellations or you're never going to be unemployed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's part of what is your part? So it's part of your role. You have to contact like the families, arrange a funeral, and yada yada yada. Everything that you could think of. Feel free to start this fucking podcast anytime. Seven a.m. Fuck you. <laughs> you got Danielle sitting in her car with her Dunkin' Donuts coffee. You got us sitting over here. You just got out of your bed. Start this goddamn podcast, boy. <laughs> you think football is still fun? But it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by now. No, it's not fun anymore. No. Not even a little bit. Absolutely not. Zero fun, sir. All right. Danielle's well, going to know now. Every show she listens to, she's like, this one, how it fucking went. I'm like, I know exactly what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya.